everybody, it's time to LOL. Listen out loud, that is. It's time for Anime Jam Session with DJ Ranma S, Mako-chan, and Ari Rockefeller. Hey, everybody, welcome to Anime Jam Session, episode number 555. We are that podcast that talks about anime, games, conventions, the fandom, geek stuff, and everything in between. Um, did you run this? I'm Ari Rockefeller. And I am Mako-chan. And how is everybody doing tonight? Eh, it's been a long, it's been a long week. But it's only Tuesday. I mean, from last week, but I'll get to that. And you, Mako? Meh. Of course. As it is me- the Mondayest Tuesday ever. Mm, I can kind of agree to it. As for me, yeah, basically. Y- y- you know how that goes, so. And Wild Spice is not joining us tonight. She's still setting up from her move to Florida. She will be joining us for the September for our September stream. So don't you worry. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um. Let's see. Let's get things going over here. Uh, we are live tonight, week of August sixteenth, twenty twenty two. Right here on Twitch TV, you can find us here on Twitch TV slash Anime Jam Session, live Tuesdays from 9 to 10.30 Eastern Time. And don't forget, we're also part of the Voice of Geeks Network. You can find them at vognetwork.com. And they also stream here on Twitch. They kick things off Sunday nights, and you can find them at Twitch TV slash vognetwork, starting at 8 o'clock Sundays with the Bobby Blackwolf Show, followed by Orange Lounge Radio at 9. And don't forget to come by our Discord channel. Our server, that is. Vognetwork.com slash Discord. Come through, hang out. Every show that's a part of the Voice of Geeks Network has their own dedicated channel, so come through and come hang out. So, before we get into our weekend day, uh, we see some cosplay talk here. Um, Kagomi41088 is talking about getting her dress for their renewal and turning it into Princess Serenity. Well, good for y'all. Congrats. So now that we got that out the way and I got a little water in the system, a little hydrated, we're going to go around the room and start asking everyone, how was their week? How was their day? Ari. Uh, Well, uh, you know, I got paid today. Ka-ching. And most of it's going towards bills as always. But again, it's all, you know, accrued sick time. So that's just how it is for now until I can get back. Oh, I... The reason I wasn't on the show last like last week is because that Tuesday I had tripped coming down, you know, a short flight of stairs. Mm-hmm. I landed in like a lunge on like my right foot forward and my and when I bent, my, you know, put oh no my not my not about the left leg forward on my left foot forward and I like leaned forward and I felt like the pop in my uh, right heel again uh-huh. and I re-injured my uh, Achilles. So I had my, you know, orthopedic movement bumped up as an emergency precaution. And, well, I'm going to be out at least another four weeks. And uh, thankfully, I'd start physical therapy this Saturday. So here's the hope. And I'd, it'll get me quicker 
it'll get me back to work quicker because mm-hmm. I can't live on just uh, on just sick time and workman's co- uh, temporary disability alone. Really starting to miss all that mileage and overtime. Mm. No, I, 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 I get that. But again, take this time for you. Focus on you. Like, focus on your health. Do stuff, you know? Mm. I did I did order groceries today, which mm-hmm. I was surprised they came so readily, a bit, so, like, quickly. I wasn't expecting them until tomorrow. Like, hey, we have a earlier song. I'm like, oh, okay. And, I'll take it. You know, huh? It's like saying, I'll take it. Mm-hmm. Uh, one other thing I did was with the... Uh, Neil Gaiman's Sandman coming to Netflix recently. Yeah, yeah. He was on Twitter and he said, like, nobody gets to keep, gatekeep anyone in regards to Sandman or, well, anything. Let, let, and, me, let, 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 let me just say this. It doesn't matter what it is. You're always going to have a group of people gatekeeping it. You know what you do? You ignore them. You continue to enjoy it for what it is. You will always have the original books You'll have adaptations. Some adaptations will be fit for the modern time to make it work. And as long as the creator is okay with it or said this is what we're going to do, you have to respect that. And if you can't respect that, then stay far, far away from me and my fandom as possible and go do your own thing. Well, it's not even that. I was like, I replied to him like, okay, so what do we call like the opposite of that? You know, the kind of people who actively bring in outsiders to experience this new and wonderful hobby. Mm. And I had like, I proposed the term gate crashers. Okay. And lo and behold, I get into a conversation on Twitter with a, a group called the gate crashers podcast, which is exactly that. Nice. Yeah. Uh, let me, uh, I will link their Twitter page right here, but yeah, it was just incredible to find out that, I was also like that other people were on the same wavelength with me as that. I'm like, Oh wow, this is amazing. Now one, one thing about that, I'm all about bringing more people into fandoms and so forth, but as long as they want to come, not, yeah, that, that's, that, the that, thing. that's all I care we, about. We, we like, you know, especially people who are like, you're like, you know, try to like quiz people on like no, really no, no, obscure no, no. specific no, knowledge. You're no, like, not even, sorry, no, you don't no, get to no, call no, yourself no. a real fan. No, <laughs> not even that. I'm just saying you have people who are in different fandoms and they may meet a friend or a partner or something like that. That's like, oh, that's kind of interesting. And as soon as you, as soon as they say that, they will grab them by their arm and drag them in. That's what I'm talking about. Don't do that. If somebody finds it interesting, let them come with their free will. If they want, if they're like, tell me everything, grab them by the arm and dra- and crash the gate, you know? That's what mm-hmm. I mean. These are, like, these gatekeepers will also be the same people who are saying, like, man, this hobby's dying. Nobody's getting interested in, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Not knowing that they're the reason why it's dying, because they're keeping out new people. Eh, fuck them, I say. Anywho, mm-hmm. enough, enough about that. Mako-chan, how was your week? How was your day? Um, not bad, I guess. Well, that's uh, good to hear. Yeah, I mean, I, I really didn't do anything. Um, I did a little bit of cleaning around the house. I have to get ready for my cousin 
was coming in like four weeks. Crazy. Mm. Um, so I'm trying to, you know, slowly get the house set because she hasn't seen it before. So I'm just, you know, doing cleaning and things like that. But other than that, I work, I come home, I attempt to stay awake until, you know, 9 30, 10 o'clock before going to bed and starting it all over again. You require a lot of sleep, don't you? Um, it really depends. If I'm doing stuff for myself the next day, I really don't need a lot of sleep. Okay. If I have to actually go to work and not crash, I do. I actually need to get at least eight hours of sleep or I'm shit at work the next day. Mm, okay, fair enough. Like, I've started to notice that I need at least close to six, maybe six and a half hours. And I'm getting okay with that because I find myself watching a lot of anime at night and I'm just like, well. I don't have to sit here and watch all of this. I can just watch two or three episodes, go to bed and watch the other episodes tomorrow. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. So my weekend day has been, say what? Nothing. Okay. It must've been an audio glitch or something like that. I would re- I would edit it out, but forget it. But, um, my weekend day has been the same, you know, get out work early on Friday. Uh, I went to, I actually went out and was social with people this weekend. And that's just been like the long and short of it. Um, I realized I basically have all except for one 2021 photo shoot on my website at djronmess.net. So I plan to work on that this week. I have a, 20, a shoot I did earlier this year that's also going to go up. And once those are up, I think there's like Four shoots from 2019 I want to post because they were pretty awesome. So there's that. Um, Let me see. Other than that, that's basically been it. I did laundry, so, you know, that's probably why you see some fresher clothes over here and my work clothes over there, so, you know. And, And if you notice, I've also adjusted the lighting in here when streaming because I do have LED lights in all of the... Faucets, not faucets, um, screwed into the holes in the ceiling, whatever, you know, and, mm-hmm. and I realized some, the lighting is a little bit too bright, but I want it like a natural lightness in here. So the way I have it now, I think it works. So we'll see, but I still need to work on that reflection and that's probably due to the fact that my glasses. So, you know, that sucks. <laughs> Which reminds me, I got an email from America's Best to tell me I'm overdue for um, an exam. So I'm like, well, I can do that. But that means traveling out to Staten Island. And nobody goes to Staten Island willingly, you know. <laughs> or on purpose. They That too. <sighs> it's like asking a New Yorker to go out to Jersey. They won't do it willingly. Um, what? So, I, you know, you never come out to Jersey willingly. I'm not saying me. I said New Yorkers. Oh, so you're not a New Yorker. According to some people. Oh, here we go with this. (laughs) Here's the thing. According to some people, I'm not because I didn't, I wasn't born and raised in New York City. 
Yeah. So it is what it is. I, I I don't care at this point. As long as I can go do whatever and have fun and enjoy it with peeps, that's all that really matters now, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now that makes me wonder if I'm a New Yorker. Probably. I was born and somewhat raised. See, there you go. Born on Long Island and somewhat raised on Long Island and then went to North Carolina. Wait, 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 hold up. You said Long Island doesn't count. Sorry. Well, I mean, yeah, technically. Yeah. And yet the technically part is if you if you were born and raised in Brooklyn or Queens, you are Long Island technically. But, you know, nobody wants to hear that. So enough about that. We're going to get into some housekeeping news. One second. here. Let me run the updater. go through there we go um let me grab my little update uh sheet here for the open great wonderful and just want to let you all know older episodes of anime jam session are available on 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 demand over at youtube.com slash anime jam session uh podcast vods episodes going back to last year are available so you can go ahead and check that out just click on the playlist podcast vods and you'll find all the episodes episodes go up are available Thursday at 12 noon Eastern. Don't forget, we also have upcoming conventions. These lists of conventions can change based on availability of staffers and if we're feeling up to it and health status and so forth. So we have RetroCons, September 24th to 26th, Oaks, Pennsylvania. Another anime con, October 16th to the 18th, Westford, Massachusetts. DerpyCon, October 28th to the 30th, East Brunswick, New Jersey, and Anime NYC, November 18th to the 20th, Jacob Javits Center, New York City. And honestly, I kind of had this urge to travel out to ShikariCon this weekend, but at the same time, I'm not really feeling up to spending all that money to travel out there and get a room and coming back. So. Mm. Still on the fence about it. Yeah, and you, you know, honestly... Lately, I have been feeling like that about a lot of conventions, you know. Like, I kind of wish I'd gone to Otakon. I kind of wish I'd gone to this con, that con. But at the same time, I'm like, eh, it's fine. I really don't have that feel of missing out. Because I guess because I, I see it as like, I'll end up going next year or something like that, you know. Like, next year, I do want to hit up Pop Cult. It's been, like, five years since I've gone. And now that they're a three-day convention, so it's definitely going to be some fun up in there. So I definitely want to go and check that out again. At least this time, I won't have to deal with a, a drunken person I was keeping tabs on the whole weekend of the con. Ooh. Say what? I said, ooh. Yeah. <sighs> you know... Enough about that. Let's get into our Geek Roundtable. Uh, this is the portion of the show where we talk about our geekier aspects of our weekend day and kind of share off some geeky swag. So, what you got for us this week, Ari? This is going to sound a little bit weird, but a couple weeks ago, I managed to uh, get my hands on this stuff. It's yeah. a uh, Korean-style pancake mix. Mm-hmm. And I tried cooking it, you know, like I would a normal pancake, but... Mm-hmm. It just 
tasted weird, and I'm like, as it got colder, it tasted like kind of rubbery. I don't know if I don't know if that's you know just how the way it's tasted, or I prepared it wrong, or whatnot. But I think you, you might have prepared it wrong. Yeah, the directions say 500 grams of mix and 800 milliliters of water, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, that makes it very thin, very watery, and I, I tried you know getting it to the consistency I like before cooking it, and it just tasted. Maybe uh, you really have to weird. get it to the prop the consistency of what the. Yeah, it's not an American pancake. It's right. a crepe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's supposed to be thin. There you go. Like so, if you, you use crepe stuff for non-crepe stuff. Yeah, I mean, if you see the um, the videos of people basically heating the frying pan bottom and placing that in the batter to cook mm-hmm. that, what that is. That's Actually, how, I haven't seen that. Yeah, that that's sounds how, interesting as hell. How thin it's supposed to be. Um, they actually have cookers specifically for it that are electric. That the element heats, you place the element into the batter, and just raise it right up, and then it cooks on one side, and you flip it. It's very, it's paper thin. You gotta link me to one of those videos. Yeah, me too, because I gotta see this to believe it. I just want to check it out and see it. But yeah, that's that's my uh, my find for today. <laughs> All right, Mako-chan, is this one of your many tarot card sets that you that you collect? This is. Uh, this is actually the last tarot card set that I had on pre-order. Um, this is the horror collection. So it's not based on, you know, the movie theme kind of stuff. It is based on general scary things. Mm -hmm. Some of the things you can see the clown that's in the corner. It is kind of based on it um, with its coloring and stuff. But it's it's generally just supposed to be, you know, vampires and ghouls Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, werewolves and things like that. So I I wanted it just because I do enjoy one tarot and two horror. Um, So I thought it was fitting. So this one, uh, the ones that I'm showing you are actually Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. uh, The scary clown, which is based off of it. Um, I believe the one down is the one below the clown is a vampire. Uh, The one next to that is actually the jackal. One next to that is, uh, I think that's supposed to be like a Sasquatch kind of thing. At first, I thought for so I guess because of the the card in the middle in the top row, for a split second, I thought it was a Lupin the Third tarot card deck because from the angle from where I see it, I thought that was Jigen. <laughs> All right, so. My weekend day consisted of me watching more anime. I am caught up with Love Live Superstar. Uh, a couple of Kukos. Uh, I'm caught up with the dub of that one. Um, my stepmom's daughter is my ex. I'm caught up with that. Um, 
there's probably a couple of others I can't remember, which is why I have the My Anime List app that I actually broke down and said F it and started keeping track of stuff. And then mm. I started watching uh, Uzaki-chan Wants to Play because I started watching that. And I, start, and I immediately switched to the dub because I cannot bear to hear uh, Uzaki's Japanese voice. It is too grating on my ears. So, But I do have something here from Vans. Oh. So, oh, yes. And Cedarberry to- is enjoying Toilet Band Hanako-kun. And I have a quick story about that. So... A few weeks, about a couple of months ago, the whole Sailor Moon Vans mashup, I went out and got myself a custom pair of kicks done. And here they are. Nice. What I don't like is the fact that they're not in a box that I can put them in, short of keeping this box here to, you know, to put them in. But it is nice. It comes in a nice little bag like this. So... Here we go, and we're opening them up, and they're packed really nice, and I think these look mighty fucking fine. Alright. So, to describe for those who are listening on the podcast, the front of the sneaker is orange, like like, uh, Sailor Venus. Uh, her skirt, that is, and in the back, it is yellow, you know, for for the bow. I believe the bow, or no, for the button on the back for her bow. The tongue is blue for the bow, and I have yellow laces. Unfortunately, on the sides here is just a generic uh, image. One si- one side is Artemis with all of the transformation wands, and on the other side is is Luna with all the transformation wands. I did try to get like a custom image put on here, but due to, um, I guess, copyright, it got rejected. I Well, that would have been great if they had like, if you did these custom sneakers, you could just have, they had like generic images of the Senshi by themselves you could have thrown on there. I'm thinking about getting, maybe get a, uh, maybe blue laces, but I think these are good. But yeah, and I have like a blue strip going across, so these are kind of cool, and I like them. I will I will probably be breaking these in at the next convention that I go to, because this, going along with the gift that I got from Mako-chan for my birthday, it'll be part of my Venus swag for conventions on Thursday nights. Nice. And I will probably post a picture of them to my Instagram. Generally, my Instagram is just for cosplayers that I see at conventions. And like, you know, I really like your cosplay. I'm going to snap a picture and post it to Instagram, you know. Which I think I'm going to start trying to post them to Instagram like maybe that day or a few minutes later. Or try to get a few of them up, you know. Because I'm so busy just trying to grab, walking around taking pictures. So, you know. So, enough about that. So... I think they're really nice. They're really cool. I have another pair like that, the generic black and white ones that everybody was try- and their mother was trying to buy. So you know, yeah. And Cedar Berry says those are really nice. They are. And just so you know, 
I believe you can still get custom Sailor Moon uh, sneakers on Vans' site. They're like 115 bucks, but you know. I guess and they wouldn't have them my size anyway. What is your size? 17. They might. Because it's a custom shoe, they might go up to larger sizes yeah. like that. I would say, one thing I discovered with Vans, normally I'm a size 10, but since these are like thin sneakers, I had to go up one more size, so. And I don't, eh. and I don't wear them a lot. Like I have the regular black and white ones. I wear those on occasion, so they're not fully broken in, because I kind of want to take good care of them, you know. So the, those are like, like these Venus sneakers would be like my Thursday night swag, and then the black and white ones I will probably wear Friday or Saturday alone. My regular sneakers, you know, just see how I feel and all that goodness. So, you know, enough about that. Um, before we get into tonight's stories. I, I want to talk about this whole thing with Bleach, Crunchyroll, and Disney. I mean, can I can I at least talk about that for a second? Sure. Go ahead. Thank you. I greatly appreciate that. So, first things first, I'm going to have to throw something in here. All right, let's drop that in. Okay, so, according to the rumor mill... Disney acquired the rights to Bleach the Thousand Years War for streaming on Disney+. And of course, you know, the fans are not too happy about that. Because the first thing they're screaming is editing and censorship. <sighs> let, me, let me get there. Now, in a way, I do understand where they're coming from. Don't forget, years ago, Disney acquired the, the distribution the TV rights for Naruto Shippuden for Disney XD, which did not last that long due to the many edits. And, you know, the ratings started to tank. And years later, Cartoon Network started airing Naruto Shippuden, except that it was basically uncut. They may have edited out a lot of the blood, but it was just basically uncut, you know. Now, here, here's my thing. I have not heard any. I have not heard any confirmation of Disney getting the rights. I I I, ha, I haven't heard that. I just keep carrying it through the grapevine. Supposedly, 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 supposedly. Honestly, I I will wait till there's an official uh, announcement about it. Until then, don't worry about it. So what if Disney got the rights? You do realize on Disney Plus, there's a lot more adult-oriented programming on there. If you notice, Disney now has the Netflix Marvel series, and those are R-rated. And there's also have Deadpool, which is also R-rated. Which makes sense. Disney is trying to expand their market because, as you can see, anime is a big market, and everyone's trying to get its carved their niche. And also, this is going to be on a streaming service, so. There's going to be, there's no reason to edit it. The only issue that may come up is the fact that Disney may not distribute it on Blu-ray or DVD. Maybe Viz has, the, has those rights. Who knows? Maybe Viz and Disney are joining forces on this. Viz will handle the dubbing and the, the physical release. 
and they'll just give the episodes to Disney to stream. Who knows? It might even be Crunchyroll doing this. We honestly don't know. But just understand, you know, I would say between Viz and Disney, I think Disney has the bigger wallet. And since it's going directly to their streaming service, I don't think there's anything to worry about. But that's just me. Oh, yeah, I forgot. I had another update here. Now, last week, we talked about the issues that happened at PoochieCon. The whole cosplayer accusing the judges of uh, favoritism and ripping their the cosplayer's costume and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. I, 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 I got to follow up for that. So it, it seems that the Princess Peach cosplayer as the center of this whole um this whole thing. It seems that at Poochicon twenty twenty one, she was disqualified from the from the from the costume from the cosplay contest because she bought her costume. Oops. It seems that somehow word had gotten out, the commissioner the, the one who created the dress found out, contacted the con. They allowed her to go through the whole routine and go up on stage, but she was still disqualified. And it seems that that's what she... Now that she made a second dress, I discovered this while talking to another friend of mine about the whole situation because looking at her pictures, I did not see her at uh, PoochieCon, but she was there. She just really edited her photos where it doesn't make her nose look big, which I, I do understand. But I noticed there was a difference in the puff sleeves and the collar of the Princess Peach dress. So it seems that she has a second dress that she's made. And even though she entered it, the, they probably still believe it's store, it was bought. So she was still disqualified, which caused all of this. Be- evidently, all this drama with the con happened because she lied about her cosplay originally. And that's what it looks like. Now, I looked at her Instagram. There are progress photo, progress photos and videos, but it, but I'm just saying it looks like it could have been just passed off as if somebody else made it and she uploaded it for the credit. I could be right. I could be wrong. So it's all it's over, said and done with. And when this all happened, I posted on there was a long going thread about this that we will be discussing this. So if the co- cosplayer in question, her name doesn't. I forget her name right now. Whether you are watching this or listening, if you want to tell your side of the story, how everything went down, drop us a line at podcast at animejamsession.com. You can come on, tell your side, show off photos and videos, and that's it. Other than that, I believe this is just another closed chapter in the books of Chaos at Conventions. It never ends, does it? No, not really. You would think during the pandemic, you know, the sheer number of cosplay drama would drop, but it didn't. I mean, it dropped, yes, but just not by much. But um, now that we got that out of the way, let's talk about a, a cooler convention. I think this would be a con I would maybe would want to go check out, but... Because of the long lines, I don't think I'd have the patience for it. 
And we're talking about Comic Cat 100, better known as Comic Mar uh, Market. And it seems that Comic Cat had over 170,000 visitors on both days of their show. I don't think that many people has attended any Comic Cons or anime conventions here in the U.S. Mm -hmm. Now, here's the interesting part. There was a typhoon day one. Wonderful. I'm just saying, that's dedication to go to a con when there's a friggin' uh, typhoon. Mm hmm And to answer your question, Ari, nah. <laughs> and he asked, would I, would it, I be self-indulgent enough to get a pair of Vans with my own personal monogram on them? I don't see why not. Because I looked at their customizers and... They do have my size. There you go. But like I said, you're <laughs> probably going to have to go up one extra size. I recommend going into a store, finding your size and see if it fits. And if not, go up an extra size. That way, you don't want to spend money on the customizing and realize they don't fit. Mm -hmm. So, over the, the last weekend, Comic Cat celebrated its 100th show in 47 years. And if you're probably wondering how they're able to do so many shows in a short amount of time... They do two shows a year. There's a summer show and a winter show. And it brought a horde of people to Tokyo Big Site to celebrate fan culture. And comic and, and the, because of that and how the sheer number of people that showed up, Comic Cat revealed that over 100,000 people showed up for all the doujinshis that they want. And in total, over both days, 170,000 people went to Comic Cat. So they say about 85,000 each day, which is wild. Despite the threat of a typhoon in the morning, the first day was eventually hit Tokyo later in the day. Comic had previously announced back in January that it was aiming for 160 to 180,000 attendees, with tickets once again being sold in advance like Comic Cat 99, which was brought in a limit to the number of attendees that could go due to the COVID-19 pandemic, which makes sense. 10,000 circles, booths set up to sell fan goods, whether it's doujinshi manga, games, books about random things, photo books, or cosplay ROMs, which are like CD-ROMs where you buy, and it's just a cosplay, and you're just cycling through the videos of the photos or actual videos of them posing or stuff like that. And there are also VTubers there, which all participate in this great event. The Comic Cat 100's 170,000 attendees are much less than the record of 750,000 people at Winter Comic Cat in December 2019, but it is still one of the biggest events in the world since the start of the pandemic. The mark has already confirmed that it will be returning this winter for Comic Cat 101. Which reminds me, we've all seen the photos from Dragon Con and how crowded and packed it is. Last yeah. year, we were seeing photos and it was basically empty. And most of the, and 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 from what I've been told, these are usually Wednesday or Thursday night numbers, you know. And I was just like, "Wow, that's a trip." So I know that Rob Roberts and Bobby Blackwood—they're doing Dragon Con this year. I wonder if the attendee numbers are still going to be around that, give or take. So, looking forward to hearing about that. And we jump from, from a convention in Japan to a convention here in the U.S. with FlameCon. So tell the fans about that, Mako. 
Uh, yeah. So for those of you that don't know what FlameCon is, um, FlameCon is a two-day multi-genre convention for entertainment and comics focused on fans and creators of pop culture who are lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, or queer. Uh, the very first one was in 2015, and it has been going strong ever since. Um, it is the first LGBTQ comic convention in New York City, mm-hmm. and it is the largest LGBTQ comic convention in the world. That said, come on. Uh, that said, the uh, next Flame Con is actually going to be this coming weekend. Mm-hmm. And uh, they are going to be hosting um, uh, Rika Takashima, uh, Takashima uh, who will be there on August 20th. Um, uh, the, so, yes. Um, so, uh, Takashima began serializing her Rika Takanji manga in Anise's Freen magazine. Publishing re- released the manga in English on uh, in June of 2003. Even translated the manga alongside Rika Takashima. Um, the, fo- the manga follows the main character Rika as she moves to Tokyo for college and meets Miho in Shinjuku, uh, Tokyo's gay and lesbian district. Shinjuku no Shinjuku ni Chomo or Chome. Um, so it's a cute, like it's it's very um basically drawn by the way that the characters are drawn but the outfits and the coloring and all of that are very detailed so it does make for a different type of uh art style which is kind of cool um so the fact that they are actually bringing over some of the uh, japanese manga artists is kind of cool um because it's while it is the largest, you know, LGBTQ convention, mm-hmm. uh, it is still a very small convention. It's only at, I think it's only max about eight thousand people, which you know, for conventions that we all go to, it is you know, it does that is a, a small number compared to say Otakon. Mm-hmm. But didn't you have you been saying you've been wanting to check that convention out? I have. I just never remember when it's coming up. And by the mm-hmm. time that I'm like, oh, Too yeah, Flamecon. And then it's like, oh, that's tomorrow. Never mind. Whoops. <laughs> well, if as soon as I hear about it for 2023, I will tell you to put it on your calendar. That way you can plan properly if you want to go or not. Awesome. Okay. Um... Ari, what's going on with uh, mangaka Yoshihiro Toyashi? Togashi. <clears throat> Let's see. It's been an open secret for the past decade and a bit that Hunter Hunter and Yu Yu Hakusho creator Yoshihiro Togashi has been suffering from debilitating health issues. <clears throat> he himself confirmed in this July message from, for his upcoming exhibition saying that it, was, it was true that I was unable to sit in a chair. So take care of your backs, everyone. And he tweeted out an update on his condition where he said, my symptoms have not improved, and I had to spend a great deal of time in treatment and recovery. <clears throat> in early July, he said that I still have to take a shower every time I took a crap because I could get, get into a position to wipe, 
Every moment takes three to five times longer than usual. As for Hunter Hunter, Togashi says the backgrounds for 399 are currently being worked on. Though there's no word on if though there's no word yet yet on if or when Hunter Hunter will resume to pay, return to Weekly Shonen Jump, just as the series has been on hiatus since 2018. And of course, you can catch up with the series on Crunchyroll. Okay, so here's a question. How come he hasn't asked his wife to help him? I don't know. I know she helps him when he's actually doing it. True. But given his situation... She won't just take over the entire act for him. Right. She's sit there and start drawing what he tells her. He, I know that she has helped with, I believe, coloring and line art and things like that. Mm. But she's not the one that's going to sit there and draw it out because it's his manga. Unless mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm just unless he gave permission. But I'm just saying. I mean, it would it would be something if he, you know was at a point that he could no longer go on and he said, I need you to finish this for me. Mm-hmm. But see that, that would make sense. But yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. until he has that, you know, epiphany that I can't do this anymore and we need to finish it. I think he's just going to take his time and, you know, do things his own pace. Well, the fans have been patient, have been patient this long. We, they can wait a few more weeks. Just saying. Mm-hmm. It's Let's not, hope they can. Oh, it's look. It's not like the manga said, "F this, I'm gonna go on hiatus and come back when I feel like it." It's nothing like that. There are some manga that do that, you know. Mm-hmm. But in this case, for uh, for Yoshihiro Togashi, it's medical reasons why he's taking a break. So you know. But still, people aren't going to uh, be okay with that. They're gonna. You know, get mad at the guy because how dare he he put his health before their precious comics. Oh, then they're just going to have to fucking wait. Actually, uh, from what I've seen, a good portion of fans are very much for waiting for him to do things so that mm-hmm. he's not rushing it and making it crap. Like, there, it's been going... Why can't we have more fans like that in this country? Yeah. We kind of I mean... do, but they're kind of overshadowed by the gatekeepers. Yeah, our the fans here, the loudest ones, are always the ones that hate on things, yep. where in Japan, the loudest ones are the ones that actually enjoy things. I think that's what the difference is, mm-hmm. even though the ones that enjoy it outnumber the ones that don't. <sighs> so, Pardon me. No, you good. Because we, we, as, you know, Americans tend to only complain and write things about things that we don't like um, instead of things that we do like. So that is why a lot of the reviews and replies and things like that for issues of this uh, type are all negative because most people go, oh, that's great, and then move on to the next thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I admit to being one of those people. Same. I may not like how things are. 
And I may voice my opinion on it, and I might not. But I'll deal with it. To, I'll just deal with it and just and just be patient about it. That's all. Mm-hmm. It's kind of funny. It's like how everybody gets upset about live-action adaptation of their favorite animes and so forth, and someone goes, well, how would you feel if they did a live-action Ranma one-half? They did. They have. And I'm and that's and this shit was funny. What about an American one? I'd watch it. It will probably wouldn't make it one season, but I'd watch it in support of it. It may not be exactly how I want it, but I know it's an adaptation. There's going to be changes and I'm going to roll with that. Hell, I remember years ago somebody wrote a fan fiction of Ron the One Half an adaptation where it took place in the United States. And there were some changes to the character, to the nationalities of some of the characters, which made sense. I thought it was quirky. I read whatever chapters were available and that was it. The person never finished writing it. And I thought it was cool. That's it. Uh, I hate it when the authors just disappear off the face of the earth and never finish their stories. Something now, I have. Now, no experience with. Now that live action two and a half. Now, now that that two and a half hour Sailor Moon fan film. I'd line them all up and shoot every single one of them in the chest. Damn. Because I, even though Minako's my girl, that, 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 that's my chick. I absolutely hate it how they. They did Mako dirty in the live in that fan film. They did her dirty the way they did it. That yep. they no. They did her dirty. What did they do to her? It's how they did her background character. Like I, I understand that her parents are dead, but they threw in the background of the fact that her parents were divorced and she pick up a picture of her and you in this flashbacks of arguing. I'm like, no. It's just how they how they set that all up. They just did her dirty. Just understand that. I mean, the the movie is on YouTube if you want to watch it, but you know, that's on you. And I At think at your own risk. Got it, it. It's about. I think that film's going on about ten years old anyway. Huh. Between that and and, and the uh, the uniforms of the Dark Kingdom, I'm sorry. They could all could have, they could have been wearing um, tactical. They could have been wearing they could have worn tactic shirts and pants, and each one could have had a different colored top to represent. Whatever. Right. Let, let, let's move on, Marco. Let's move on. So, uh, French language dub actress Anna. Uh, I'm gonna completely mispronounce this, Anna. Lerze Gishi, mm-hmm. which I know is not how it's pronounced, and I apologize because I suck at trying to speak words. Um, so Anna plays Kikyo Kushida in Crunchyroll's French language dub of Classroom of the Elite. Well, she posted on Twitter last Wednesday that she has been let go from the role. Uh, the explanation that she gave was provided by Crunchyroll um, and appro- approved by them um, in that she 
basically was let go because she was involved in a fan dub at the same time. So she did elaborate um, that she would have liked an amicable solution to the issue, such as removing the fan dub, but this was not offered to her. She said that she was shocked by the decision as a voice actor who honed the craft through fan dubbing. She added that fan dubbers are increasingly finding professional work thanks to their hard work and talents, and she hopes that her situation of being punished for fan work is an isolated case. Finally, she asked fans not to harass the next actress playing the character and expressed her well wishes to whoever that person may be. Crunchyroll followed with their own statement stating um, that she is no longer contracted by Crunchyroll for dubbing roles. We can't comment on the reasons for her departure, but do wish her the best in her career. Uh, So she is known as the voice role for uh, Rent-A-Girlfriend's Chijure uh, Mizurha, Fire Forces Iris, and Food Wars Momo Akane Gakubo. Um, as a fan-dub actress, she also contributed to Retake YouTube channel, which creates parody summaries of popular anime. And I, I can't say that I blame Crunchyroll for doing it. Um... For two reasons. One, if it is a series that already has a dub Mm -hmm. and is licensed somewhere else, this is now a voice actress working for and distributing non-licensed goods, Mm -hmm. um, which, you know, I can completely get that they're wanting her to, you know, vamoose because of that. And two, because, you know, if it comes back and, you know, they say, oh, you know, well, Crunchyroll, you know, hired this person who was, you know, giving them money for doing voice acting. So they must approve of these fan dubs, which is funny as hell, considering how Crunchyroll started. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. it is a legit business and yeah. all of that. They have to, you know, follow the rules and all of that, and because she was not following the rules, and she was technically breaking license for another series, they let her go. Yeah, and, you know, I'll say, yeah, I do understand. You know, it it used to be where you know, if you go back about fifteen twenty years, if you were fan dubbing, you would not get into the into actual dubbing because the industry looked down on it. But at the same time. Fan dummy is like the more or less a free and easy way to get your foot in the door. Mm-hmm. But as time goes on, fan dubbing is starting to become accepted. But here's the thing. Once you start finding yourself doing paid roles, you've got to walk away from the fan dubbing stuff. You can't keep, you can't do that. Even if you're not taking any money for it. Exactly. And let's say, I'm just saying, let's say for example... I'm voicing a role in Ranma, and then I find out there's a fan-dub project of Tenchi Muyo going on, and I get casted for it. The people that are doing Ranma catches win. I'm SOL. Because what if the same company that's putting out Ranma actually picked up the license for Tenchi and was working on it, or something like that, you know? Things like that do happen. You don't you don't know who has the actual license when you do these types of projects, you know? And 
And I seen some people are talking about, you know, bootleg anime, pirate this, pirate that, for these reasons, you know. And I'm like, no, you are in the wrong for that. Number one, the company's got to protect their IPs. Because if, let's say, they, let's say the company keeps a, they turn a blind eye to me doing fan dubbing. What if the license holder catches wind of it and starts breathing down the licensee's neck about this, you know? That does happen, you know? you got to show respect to the work. Even though you may be fan dubbing it, to you, you're respecting the work, but to the companies, you might not be. Long story short, it sucks to go legit, but when you do, sometimes it really does pay dividends. Ugh. Pardon me. Uh, you good. And now we're going to talk about one of my favorite fandoms, uh, Bang Dream, which I haven't dipped too, too far in, but I but I absolutely love the music, and I have the Rosalia album like on repeat at every so often. It is, it's so good. <laughs> but um, to let you all know, uh, the, for the franchise Bang Dream... The new band, My Go, is going to release their first single on November 9th. So, and that's, that's actually really cool. The single is called Mahiota, which literally means the lost song. The title track is their first original song, and it was already performed for the first time during their first live concert, My Go, first live, Bokutachi wa Kokode Sekibu, which translates to We Shout Out Here. I actually had a feeling what Bokutachiwa meant, so yeah. And it was held at du at Duo Music Exchange in Tokyo last month, July third. In addition to the yet title coupling song, two voice drama episodes will be included on the CD. My Go consists of Tomori on vocals, Anan on guitar, Rana on guitar, Soyo on bass, and Taki on drums. The name is pronounced Maigo, and its pronunciation can can be meant a lost child. Their second concert, Second Live Sono Mama Wo Dakishimete, which translates to Hold Me Just The Way You Are, is already set to be held at the Hikosen Theater in Tokyo, September 10th, 2022. Which means we might be seeing a fourth season of Bang Dream. So I'm curious to see how that plays out. And I just found out like there's another movie and a special. I'm going to have to get, have to get my hands on that once I hit oh, Blu-ray. Okay, we're going to get into our, basically, our last story of the night um, about Kyoto International and the uh, Manga Anime Fair and their crowdfunding project. So, Ari, what's up with that? Let's see. Uh, the Kyoto International Manga Anime Fair Exclusive Committee has launched a crowdfunding project at the new challenge for the continuation and development of Kyoto International Manga Anime Fair, Kyomoth, mm. as a... The campaign is period from August 10th to September 11th, and its final goal is 6 million yen, which is about $45,000 US. The entire amount of the donation, excluding return costs and handling fees, will be used to fund the operation of future events. The event started in 2012 and celebrated its 10th anniversary last year. <clears throat> this year's event is scheduled to be held in three locations <clears throat> Miyako Messi slash Rome Theater Kyoto. Kyoto, Kyoto International Manga Museum, and Toei 
Kyoto Studio Park on September 17th and 18th. As the press release says, although the situation is still unstable, we are steadily preparing for Kyomov 2022 to bring back the liveliness of the pre-corona days as much as possible. With our sights set on the 20th and 50th anniversaries in the future, we have decided to change this crowdfunding in order to grow the events into grow into the event grow the event into one that will bring energy and smiles to as many people as possible through anime and manga. We hope that you will share our passion for Kyomov and support us in any way that you can. I see what they're doing. They're, mm-hmm. uh, I, they, you know, they're, uh, they're being realistic about this next one because, yeah, we're still recovering from the, from the plague times. And yeah, uh, a couple of conventions are like I know Teco had a crowdfunding just to make it for this year. I have no clue if they're going to make it for next year or this is their final year because I believe they were asking for a hundred k. But I think they got around to sixty or something like that. So we'll see. Again, that's on the list of conventions I've been wanting to check out, but never made my way out to. And now here's the part of the show you really stick around for. Um, meanwhile, in Japan, I want the first one. Well, shit, that was fast. <laughs> I can see why. I will take the last one for obvious reasons. Okie dokie. Alright, Ari. Take it away. So, the Ajita Hotel in the town of Gotemba Shizuoka Prefecture is what Japan calls a love hotel. You know, rinse rooms out for the night, but for sure it saves of hours or so for couples who want a little privacy. Uh, some lo- love hotels look more like regular hotel rooms though, with a usually larger bed and bathtub. But a lot, of, a lot of times they have a theme for couples who enjoy some fantasy elements in their consenting adult activities. So when you hear that Ajita was added a block of rooms with a theme in Ninkyo, which translates as chivalrous spirit, you might think, oh, castles, medieval stuff, etc. Ninkyo is also used to describe the Yakuza genre of movies and storytelling and the Ninkyo Hotel, as Jito is calling the block of recently renovated rooms, is about surrounding yourself with the atmosphere of Japanese organized crime. Mm. Uh, let's see. There's a total of eight rooms, all located on the second floor. The most dramatic is the jail cell style room, which boasts a wall of authentic iron bars so you can taste the feeling of being a prisoner. Oh, that took a turn. <laughs> if you rather feel like a gangster so at large, it also has multiple rooms designed as offices of dons of fictional Yakuza clans. Or if you feel most alive when you're teetering on that dizzying, dizzy precipice between freedom and incarceration, there's the police station room complete with questioning areas. Uh, there's also the Ninkyo Cafe, the Yakuza, Yakuza-themed eatery that opened in Nagoya last year. Ultimate, but the cafe has since closed down, but the Ninkyo hotel rooms were produced with the help of Choiki Taro, a virtual YouTuber who draws on his own life experiences with the criminal society, and it also helped with the design of the Ninkyo cafe. We should note that the vast majority of people will call it a love hotel, but the managers prefer the term a leisure hotel. As it says, rooms can also be used as venues for parties with friends, girls on out, business meetings, etc., well, 
That's a uh, fetish yeah, I didn't know people had. You know what? I think I will stick with playing Yakuza on PlayStation, which is also uh, available on Speaking of Xbox. which, I put a link in the chat, which is how I expect... how I, After hearing that, like, 90% of the uh, interactions in the Yakuza-themed rooms will go. Go mm. ahead and uh, click on it if you, to see what I'm getting at. <laughs> oh, brother. Oh, well, yeah... Of reference to Yakuza, of course. <laughs> the funny thing is, I try to post this on, on Friday. The actual video on Fridays on my Facebook. There's a Twitter account that posts that scene repeatedly every single Friday. There's a Facebook page that posts it every Friday, so. <laughs> and there's one for You're Out of Touch Thursdays, which is the song You're Out of Touch done to the opening to Lucky Star. I can't understand the relevant. I can't understand the relevant to it, but it's actually really it's actually in rhythm, so it's kind of cool. Hmm. All right, moving right along. That would be my turn. Yep. So uh, Japan has created the world's tastiest guitar. Well, shape, sort of. Is it the cake guitar from Aquatine Hunger Force? No, it is a takoyaki guitar. Oh. Um, so while it kind of looks gimmicky, and it is kind of gimmicky, it's actually an instrument that can be played. And it was born out of an ideal from Yamano Music. In recent years, they've been creating special local guitars that sing the pride of different regions. And when they decided to make a guitar in honor of Osaka the image that came to mind was takoyaki, the region's famous specialty. Yamano decided to reach out to Osaka-based gas grill maker Iwatani to see if they would like to join forces to create a takoyaki guitar. And after two years, two years it took them to make this, mm. um, yeah, so the co collaboration is finally revealed. Um, the first feature is the main body of the guitar, which is made with the body of an actual takoyaki grill. Um, yeah, the grill itself is filled with plastic takoyaki samples that look just like the real thing. And in honor of the star ingredient, a red octopus leg runs along the neck of the instrument. For the record, I thought that was real takoyaki in there. <laughs> My assumption was that it doesn't actually have a, an onboard heat source. You cook the takoyaki with your fiery licks. <laughs> especially, if you, especially if you're playing uh, Dragon Force. <laughs> They'll get burnt in like five seconds if that's the case. <laughs> so the tuning pegs are topped with half a dozen plastic takoyaki. And the grill lights, uh, the grill actually lights up with LEDs to mimic the blue light of the gas burners. <laughs> a clever design, and while it's fantastic to look at, it's an actual electric guitar, so it sounds pretty good, too. Um, <laughs> so they did show a clip of it being played, and the end of the clip goes, of course, it doesn't actually grill Takayaki. So It'd be awesome if it did. Yeah. I know, right? After it played so Sweet Child of Mine. 
<laughs> Unlike the grill itself, which amounts to about $60, the guitar costs a, a half a million yen, which is a little over $3,700. Um, it won't be going into production, though. There are going to be two... One is going to be available to view at um, Iwatani Outdoor Shop Base, and the other, which will uh, the other, will be located at Yamano Music's Rock in Namba, which are both located in Osaka. Cool. Yeah, I. I now it, I can picture someone going, "Who wants takoyaki?" And they slam the guitar on the stage, and just all the takoyaki balls just go all over the crowd. Or it's like you hit that one uber chord and like and a rainbow just shines out and then Takuyaki just starts pouring out from the rainbow. <laughs> oh, what the hell does it matter with us? We're hungry. Mm. We're a bunch of fat kids wanting to eat. Well, you're not wrong. See? Right. I'm not going to lie on that. Takoyaki sounds really good right about now. I know, right? And what's crazy is I could probably go on Grubhub and have it ordered and delivered within a half hour. Well, bully for you. No, I only say that because I'm not far from the mini Chinatown where there's still some Asian restaurants that are still open. Shockingly. They just thought of something. What? This might make good takoyaki. You think? I maybe you. Wait, wait, oh. wait, wait. Ari. Yeah. Do you know what's in takoyaki? Typically, they put seafood in it, but you can pretty much put whatever you want in it. Okay, I I just want to make sure. I just I, I want... know that some that they're typically made of things like squid or yeah. uh, other things, but. Yeah, the it's mostly squid in in the center as as in takoyaki. Like motherfuckers to see me roll up, and I'll be making yo. Who wants some bacon takoyaki? Well, <laughs> no, 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 no. It would it would be pork belly takoyaki? Because think about that's it, right, you know, right. it have to be they have to be cutting like thicker thicker chunks, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And Bonzello Six says he can order some right now at work, you know? And if you do, good sir, eat them on the behalf of Anime Jam Session because we're hungry. <laughs> we're going to have to get an electric griddle, like the custom griddle for it because my, that shit won't cook all that well on my stove. It's electric. Boogie, woogie, woogie, woogie. <sighs> what? What'd you say, Mako? Boo! <laughs> yeah, that microphone's being temperamental yet again. Yeah, well, I haven't touched anything, so. I know, it's the, it's the microphone, you know? And and there's Bonds 006, and he goes, don't tempt me, I can get dim sum across the street, too. Oh, no fair. <laughs> now you're just pissing us off. <laughs> And, and if he does it out of spite, <laughs> I I now want takoyaki and a steamed pork bun. <laughs> See, look at him. He's gonna go get some dim sum and some ramen right now. 
See what you started, Bonds. See what you started. I hope you're proud of yourself, sir. <laughs> oh, that, 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 that's, that's fun. That's funny. Okay. I get steamed pork buns every Friday in Chinatown. <laughs> and see the beer, he goes, I miss being within an hour of Mitsua. If it makes you feel any better, it's a schlep for me to get to Mitsua and the same for Mako. Mm-hmm. But I still want to check out that American Dream Mall. Supposedly, there's like an awesome anime shop there. I have a feeling like maybe 70% of that shit's bootleg, so, you know. Um, potentially. Yeah. Um, I would not mind checking it out either. Well, um, well as we- we're heading over there, if you want to check it out before the concert, we can always... Uh, well, I can pick you up from the convention early. I mean, you have to cut through the mall to get to the theater, so. Yeah, but okay. The mall, sorry about that. Had you to use the bathroom. You have to give yourself time to do stuff. The mall is huge. Fair. Fair. All right, and now, and now the last thing we were talking about, eyeglasses. And the way these look, I could probably pass for Umino from Sailor, from Sailor Moon or um, Professor Tomoe. <laughs> but they're kind of, but in a way, they're kind of cool looking, though. Keyword being kind of. Let's see here. Let me pull this up. So... It's what we call, it could be truly corrective lenses. It seems that there's a limited sale on glasses that can halt or reverse nearsightedness that beginning for sale in Japan. It seems that Kubota Pharmaceutical has created a specialty design glasses that are said that can reverse the effects of myopia, which is, um, if I'm not mistaken, um, nearsightedness. Yes. The most common form of short sightedness is called axial myopia, which is where the person's eyeballs get kind of squished into a more oval shape lengthwise from focusing too much on things close to it. Naturally, as a person loses long distance sight, they rely more on short distance sight, and the condition just gets worse and worse. So, so I guess I'm short sighted. I can always. I, Hi-yo. You know, the thing is, I could never. Differentiate which is which, I'd always get confused. So what Kubota Glass does is shine some really tiny lights at your retina to simulate short-distance blurring, forcing you to look ahead in doing so, taking the pressure of the actual deformation off your eyeballs. It's sort of like how some people have reported improvements in their vision from VR, but only far more refined. But when you think about it, you know, you don't have to wear your glasses in VR. Long-term testing is still required to gauge the effect of Kubota glass is at this in detail. But studies so far suggest that they are, they are at least effective in curbing the progression of myopia. That's been enough to have gotten Kubota glass approved as a medical device in Taiwan and in the USA. Kubota Pharmaceutical seem to have a lot of faith in them too, so much that they're charging 770,000 yen, which translates to 5,700 bucks a pair for these specialty glasses. That could be too steep for a lot of people to take a chance on this. That might even be too steep for your medical coverage. 
Mm-hmm. But the makers are putting their money where their mouths are and offering a 100% satisfaction guarantee on the first wave of glasses. And the first wave is only 20 pairs that are up for grabs between August 1st and, Sept- and September 15th. And they're only being sold in four option options in Japan. Three in the Hyogo Prefecture, Nimi Eye Institute, Nue, and Nue Kids. And one in Kanagawa, which is Tokyo Contact Sky Building Glasses. This is a trial run to gauge demand for future sales. Hopefully it'll prove to be a much-needed tool in the fight against short-sightedness. According to the research company, myopia is a, gra- is a rapidly growing problem that is expected to affect half of the global population by 2050. It is especially prevalent amongst younger generations growing up on portable screens that watch their TikTok and their Pac-Man video games t- on. A study by Japan's Ministry of Education, Culture, Sports, Science, and Technology found back in 2009 that 25% of first graders had less than perfect eyesight, a figure that shot up to 50% among sixth graders. So let's hope that Kubota Glass, a perfectly more affordable version of it, has what it takes to stem the tide before we all start bumping into telephone poles. It'll be cool to try them out because they look cool in a steampunk sort of way, Kind of like how Bato from Ghost and Shell or Strong Guy does from New Mutants. And I will say the last time I had my eyes checked, they said that my eyes have gotten a bit stronger. Because what I do is, when I'm actually playing on my phone, I actually take my glasses off. And what's interesting is, if I if I do the last part of this show without my glasses, it's not as blurry I can still see my way through things, which is kind of interesting and kind of cool. I can see what needs to be done. But also, I believe, because I know where everything is, I think it's a bit of muscle memory and actually figuring out what, seeing it's not as blurry as I thought it would be. I will say, while the price is a little deep, um, a little any- bit. <laughs> well, anything that's coming out like that—that's brand new—is going to be expensive. Uh, look at the colorblind glasses. Most of them, when they first came out, were you know expensive. You were looking at a thousand, two thousand dollars. Now, because there are so many companies out there making crappy versions of them, even the good versions of them have come down to like three hundred, four hundred dollars. So give these glasses a couple of years, especially if they actually work, and you'll see the prices drop significantly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Until then, we're going to wrap up the show for tonight. Sounds good. Works for me. Well, alrighty then. So, if you like tonight's show, tell a friend. They, in turn, will tell another friend, and so on and so forth. We're independent bloggers, independent podcasters. We do this for the fun of it. So, what we like and don't like, we're basically telling you right here and now. So, if you have any questions about the show, drop us a line at podcast at animejamsession.com. Again, that is podcast at animejamsession.com. We're here to believe you. And don't forget to check out our website at AnimeJamSession.com where we post our weekly podcast along with convention reports, cosplay tips and tricks, cosplay interviews, 
anime reviews, editorials, links to our YouTube page of convention coverage, and links to our Facebook page of cosplay coverage. All that and more at AnimeJamSession.com. See what else we have here. Yeah, and don't forget if you like our show and you're listening on the go, you should check out some of our older episodes. And if you want to know how to listen to us on the go, just fire up any podcasting app that's out there. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio. Just search Anime Jam Session and you'll come across all of our episodes. So take a listen. And what's cool is these these apps allow you to leave reviews. So if you have time, hey, leave us a review. Drop us some stars. We'd appreciate that. And don't forget to follow us on our social media pages, YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. Follow us on all of those at Anime Jam Session. That way you know when we're going live, when episodes are going up, articles are going up, and then some. And don't forget our tip jar. You can you can throw us money through our stream elements and Ko-Fi links down below. Uh, you can be in the chat and throw us some bits. Uh, sub- channel subscriptions, we really appreciate that. And auto hosting as well. So now we're gonna go around the room. Last words, Ari. I'm also going to see a new MST, a uh, new Rift Tracks special this Thursday. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to that. Nice. Last words, Mako-chan. I may or may not be on Amazon looking at. Say what? That was all choppy. I'm sorry. I said I may or may not be on Amazon looking at tarot decks. Oh, God. <laughs> My last words. Um, I think I'm going to eat another ice pop and watch more anime later. Well, that's it. End of list. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. The squad will be back. So we actually come back, hang out with us. It'll be fun. So... I'm Ranma. I'm Ari. And I am Mako-chan. Great fight, great night. See you next week. Good night, everybody. Night. Say good night, Mako-chan. Good night, Mako-chan. Perfect. Awesome. See you next week. Jamatane!